Alright everybody, ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds. Part 2. Mmm. Alfredo flavoured. My, did I say my name? Where are we? <laughs> We're inside. Fun fact, if we're doing a part two of something, all my introduction notes are gone. Yeah. Mm. No, you have not introduced yourself. I'm your host, Toby DePolo, and I'm joined by my producer. I am here. Wheezy McWeezy face or something rather. Wheezy yodels. Wheezy yodels. Very good. Um, and if yodels you couldn't, of wheeze. If you couldn't tell by the um, episode description, or if you missed last week, which we specifically said what this would be. We did. We are doing part two of season one of the Venture Brothers. We are, in case you were wondering. Like. <laughs> yeah. That is, in fact, what is happening. Yes. Uh, remember to rate, review, subscribe. Sorry, I saw this things. poster of the, the lady and the tramp. Oh, dude! Stuff. Ladies and future boys, have you distracted. seen the stuff? Send that to me. It'll make me happy. It's not a good... Send it to me anyway. The stuff is about an ice cream that eats everyone. Yeah, it's bad. I bet it tastes like marshmallows, though, so I'm kind of into it. Yeah. I would eat a marshmallow flavored ice cream. Look, I offered to get you sprinkle ice cream and you said no. It's not what a marshmallow is. Alright, we are up to episode 9 on our adventures through the Venture Brothers. Um, was there anything you wanted to talk about about previous episodes before we go on? I, anything we, special? We spoke about them Nothing we missed? Episode. You good? You no, happy? We're good, we're ahead. Alright. Except for the fact that we're behind. So uh-huh. we are here. Episode 9 is Space Station Impossible. Um, a weird one for copyright stuff. Yes. A really weird one. This is accurate information. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they were straight up allowed to use Ray Spannon. Yeah. A pre-existing character from Johnny Quest. He is like their show's Brock Samson. You know, like the bodyguard protector. He's the dude who throws the punches because everyone else is a scientist. Um... It's weird because they aren't allowed to use his name later. Yeah. Um, they eventually added Johnny himself as a another past his prime sort of character later on. But they had to, eventually they had to start calling him Action Johnny for the sake of copyright. Yeah. It's funny that no one cared at first. It, it's something about I the parody they, laws. I wonder if they had, like, a... Like gentleman's understanding and they're like no you guys are actually pretty famous so no i think because it began as people thought it was a parody show so it was allowed yeah like how you can straight up have pirates of the caribbean in scary movie movies i suppose i think they thought it was that and then as the show progressed they're like oh no it's its own beast cut that shit out yeah maybe that's the only explanation i have for it yeah it's weird so the boys and brock are finishing race's mission throughout the episode because we see we see him die like immediately in the episode yeah yeah they're dealing with a liquid that makes living creatures explosive and it's sort of it's it's the boys dealing with like espionage and spy things yeah Yeah. that's pretty much what it is yep so while hannah barbera characters are being killed and shitting themselves post-mortem Doc, Quizboy, and Pete White are being hired for a think tank with Professor Impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson Public has the quote in the companion art book for the show. Um, the name of the game was always to do Fantastic Four, but make them suck. Which he manages. Mm-hmm. And that's our Impossible family. We see a lot of Professor Impossible, who is voiced by Stephen Colbert. Yeah. 
most people would know him as the talk show dude, but for me it's still um, Ken Phil Ken Seven from Harvey Birdman. Yeah. Remember the eye patch dude? Yeah. Um, yep, he is stretchy and smart and a douche, exactly like Reed Richards. Yeah, I don't like him. Meanwhile, the others don't quite measure up to their originals. No. They, you've got um, his wife. Mrs. Impossible, I guess. I don't know, they don't really use their names much in this. Is it Susan? I think, maybe? Something tells me it's Susan. She seems okay. She seems like, you know, a lady that's been locked in a mansion. Don't mind me. Of course I'm going to. Um, And is, you know, quite over what's going on. And we end up finding out that she can turn invisible. Like the Fantastic Four character. However, it's only her skin. Yeah. Which means that if she's not concentrating on her skin, you it can just see away. all the muscles and tendons and stuff in her face. Sally Impossible. Oh, Sally. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I got an S. That's, no, you did, I you did, did pretty well. And then you've got, um, you find out that she was giving her cousin a tour of the Impossible Lake plant or... Yeah. I don't know, whatever the building is, and that something went wrong, which is why her skin goes invisible. And why? Her cousin, um, whenever he is exposed to air, catches fire. Yep, so he's, he's a bit like the human... in pain. So he's like if the human torch felt it. Yeah. Yeah. I think his name was Cody, and then you've got Ned. But he, he's only in fire Who I'm realising is Ben air. in reverse. Yes. Ben Grimm. Um, and he basically just became, like, puddle of flesh. Yeah, instead of being, like, big, orange, powerful rocks, he's just, like, tumors. Yeah. Or wart, almost. I don't know what he is, but it's goopy and I'm not a fan. Yeah, he's, he's just, if he's the thing didn't get goop. to be rocks, if he was just meat. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very dumb. Yeah. Because the show is a little... A, they call him a word in this that we're not using in polite society anymore. You don't realise this show is... As old what would as you it call is. it? 16 years old? If it weren't for the, um... Dismissing things by calling them gay or, you know, derogatory terms to define the differently abled. Yeah. Other than that, it's still very... I don't know. I didn't. It didn't strike me as as old as it is. Those no, are the two can... beats that make me go, yeah, that seems weirdly, not even South Parky, but like, that's, I but mean, that's... it's an R-rated show. That's the thing. You've got to remember, when this show started, it was saying and doing things that were okay for the time it started. They've changed it now. They wouldn't do that in a current no. episode. Yeah, you, you do see time happen. Yeah. Yeah, so... It's revealed later on, mm-hmm. not in this episode, but read, uh, not Reed Richards, sorry, Richard Impossible. Yes. Because they're very identical characters. Yes. Those two are the same, whereas the rest of the Fantastic Four are dealing with this larger-than-life idiot character. It is, like, all of the main characters, like, because each group of people have, like, their hierarchy within them. The lead for each group is the same character. Yeah, and then it's the, just like, the normal people trying to deal with that nonsense. Yeah, you know, 
They're very cartoony. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's revealed later on that he's using their human torch or Cody to power the buildings. Yeah. Which, it's a, it's a joke about what a piece of shit he is in the comics, but I like that the show lets him spiral worse and worse until he becomes a villain later on in the show. Yeah. Because... Frankly, I have that drama with a lot of the smart dudes in Marvel Comics. Like, Charles Xavier's the same. Like, they've had so many scandals over the last 60 years to sell books. Yeah. That more often than not, they're as big of a piece of shit as the villains. Yeah, definitely. Because of the way they tell... Because the way Marvel works is they want people to be human and make mistakes. But also make mistakes for 60 fucking years. Yeah. And then you've got all the hints of not that villainy in the villains yeah at a certain point magneto seems like the better one next to xavier well and that's like and, if you look... and dr doom is like taking care of a nation while thing... reed richards is fucking around constantly and having sex with an underage girl who eventually he makes his bride but you know times change and they aged her up you, you see it clearly in the way that they treat um, Thanos in the new films. Originally, he's only killing half the population so he can get in good with a woman. Yeah. It had nothing to do with this is what planets need in order to survive or anything like that. It was purely he wanted some tail because she stopped answering his booty calls. Thanos be simping. Yeah. So, do you have any other thoughts about that episode before we jump onwards um, it's got a lot of like fun little bits to it nothing nothing is as crucial as a lot of the other episodes Th- this is one of the episodes that i'm like eh, i could probably leave it it's just a lot of jabs of fantastic four honestly and you know johnny quest characters yeah which don't really apply to you do they no no this is this is the one where i'm like down the rabbit hole because I've been on Twitter for too long. Yeah. Um, I do like... I just like that they've established the character of Richard Impossible. Because he gets used pretty well as the series progresses. Yeah. He definitely, like... It's an introduction to something. It's a good setup for later. Yeah. It'd be one of the lower episodes of the bunch, but it's a good... It ends up being worth it later on. Hmm. Yeah. So, our next one is a... I like is a good episode for what it establishes and for what it is in the moment. I think it covers every base. It's Are You There, God? It's Me, Dean. In the episode about Dean's testicular torsion, we begin with this big death trap with the monarch. Um, He's he's got some good death speeches. Yeah, it's kind of like his favourite part of the job, I think. He likes monologue. And I like that it shows that they're having way better adventures that we're not seeing. We just watch all the crap in between. Yeah. Because they've got, like, what is it, like, Teddy Roosevelt's time machine? Something and all this like nonsense, that. and they're in the big death trap in the Amazon, and then Dean has a problem. Yeah. So, it's said in 1969, the Guild of Calamitous Intent added an addendum to the law regarding, like, outside external injuries... Which you see get used in um, one of my other favourite episodes later on. But it's a whole thing about how you can kill, maim, and destroy the good guys in your death traps. Yeah. But pre-existing injuries need to be dealt with accordingly beforehand. 
Um, so the death trap needs to be put on hold while mm-hmm. they go deal with that. Monarch takes Hank and Brock as collateral while Doc and Dean go sort his balls out. Yeah. What do you think about that? So <laughs> I far, like the fact that how are you doing so far? When they're in the um, so when the monarch takes them and they're like finding their way back to um his like hive. Mm. Um, when they're flying in the plane, yeah, yeah, he's he's just letting him sit there and read like the rule book. Yeah, <laughs> you got you got Hank sitting he's in like, the passenger in it. the co-pilot seat, like reading the villain handbook, and they're just like chummy. Yeah, but he's he's like, um, damn it! How how did your father know so much about the rules? And he's like, oh, because it's named after him. He's Rusty's like, Law. Of course it is. Like, is this the one where they show where? Oh no, I'm thinking of the ranking system for villains later. But you see that like, Rusty Venture's life is like destroyed by the original or the yeah. fake original series. Yeah, and it, it sort of it reveals why he's such a scumbag now. Like, mm-hmm. as it goes. And stuff like this is a good example of that. Well, just, like, even the conversations between his dad and Rusty, like... And there's a you good... You can see that he's treated kind of, like... He's just a... He's like a shaggy dude. Yeah. In his own life. Um, I like the, the balance between arch enemies and, like, office workers. Yeah. Because while in that same aeroplane scene, like, Monarch's trying to tell tell Hank that he's really his dad. Yeah. And just, like, just, like, fucking with him. But it's more thing. of a joke. He's, he's not, like, full planting seeds. He's laughing at him and be like, ah, you believed it and shit. Yeah. I think, like, the thing is that if... Because they set it up that, like, each super gets their own villain. And so you spend so much time together, like organizing stuff to go a certain way Mm. that you've got the job that yes you have to be their super villain but at the same time you're like oh yeah i know what you're up to like yeah we see in the next episode that they've got monarchs like home number yeah like on the fridge in case something yeah in case of stuff later and that's like um you see it there's another episode that's about to come up where the boys get taken to prison and he's like, what are you guys doing here? Like, come on, you're good boys. Like, don't don't be like me. Come on. Mm. It's very, um, you know. Like, they all know each other from work, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's another fun episode with Monarch dealing with bullshit, which is usually, like, the best parts of the show. Yeah. Um, he's a bit ashamed of how boring his cocoon is. He, he tries to let well, him, but it's good. Well, because they they have to put a pin in this death trap thing, so he can't go after Venture, he can't come up with another plan, he he has to sort of sit. Yeah. And he's got Big Bad Brock, and he's got Hank there, and they're just... There's nothing going on, and he's kind of ashamed of it. Like, he's embarrassed that there's just nothing outside of their dad. Um, I, I do like the, like, as I was saying... They're really nice to each other because you have, um, they come out and they're like, I had to sleep in my clothes and now I feel gross wearing the same clothes two days in a row. And he's like, oh, come oh, on. Oh, they give him a uniform. Yeah, him. And they give him like the worst fitting uniform ever. Yeah. And he's, and he's like, look, so Brock and Hank end up feeling bad for him and having like his empty little friendless, cause it's his birthday as well. Yeah. And there's just nothing going on. Um, so they, they kind of like throw him an adventure. 
And Brock is just going around killing henchmen while Hank becomes his protege. Yeah. It's kind of fun how they throw him a bone by massacring his men. Yeah. You know? He's having a good time, though. And you got and you got Hank sitting there with him in his big uniform. And he's like, can I wear the crown? He's like, no, it's a real pain in the ass. It's like pinned to, the, to my outfit. And then later in the next scene, you see he's got the crown on now as well. Yeah, so he's annoyed him enough that he's like giving it up. Yeah. Um, I also like that Brock takes Dr. Girlfriend hostage. Yeah. And he won't have sex with her. Like, she thinks, she's like, are you going to take advantage of me? And he's like, the thought never even crossed my mind. Yeah, no. I'm not and she's that. like, well, I'm not going to beg. I just, <laughs> I just, I like that he, he think she is, he assumes that she's a dude, I think. Which is an ongoing joke due to her voice being the deepest and huskiest one Doc Hammer can offer. Yeah. It's probably one of the deepest ones in the whole show, except for Clancy Brown as Red Death. Yeah. I think he's the only deeper voice, for all those who haven't seen it. it mm. It's it's his Lex Luthor voice. That's the only deeper one in, I think, the entire show. Yeah, probably. Um, And I also love... Because we get a lot of downtime in this episode, we see um, 21 and 24 arguing about what Smurfs are. They're and they're, mammals! They're, they're, s- they're so angry. Obviously, obviously, it's a conversation. They've been having that for... It's so heated. I love it. What do you think is the answer? Do you think Smurfs lay eggs? Or are they mammals? Because that's the... That's the intense question that's being asked. I think neither. Oh. The hell's that? You got like mitosis, where they like their cells devolve into a second smurf. No, oh, that's ridiculous. What the hell do you think then? There's only one woman, so it has to lay eggs like a like a hive, like bees. No, no. And then the other arguments that they're obviously it, mammals because one of them has the a entire, beard. Okay, I actually watched the Smurfs. Okay, go. Did you watch the Smurfs? No, I don't give a shit. Exactly. They're green. I watched the Smurfs. They never make new Smurfs. Yeah. Because it's not breeding season. What happens when it's breeding season? There is no breeding season. Not on a children's show, but later. Papa Smurf makes them in a cauldron. I was going to check rule 34, but I realise it's all going to be mammals because it's just going to be penetration, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's no egg laying on there. No. I hope. Um, no, I think everyone is wrong. All right. They don't, they don't make any... Do you think they're summoned like you They're cards? immortal beings. All right. There's as many of them as there will ever be, and they're never going to age. Right. Done. Do you have any other thoughts about this episode? Um, well, we should probably get into the whole... We see White and Quizboy do an operation. Yeah. This is when you start to realise that, that Pete White does nothing, ever. And Pretty much. He just manages to scab his way through. Definitely. And it's hinted that Quizboy's not a good surgeon in this one. Like, you see him make a few well, mistakes he's... as he goes. Yeah. But we've seen him do some, like, impressive shit throughout. That's true. Mm. He'll, he'll give his hand at things. Um, alright, so you want to jump into the next episode? Um, well, we, sh- we should probably mention the fact that, you know, they managed to fix Dean's testicular torsion. Yeah, and they all go back to the po- Amazon. Possibly with a marble. We can't um, confirm yeah. or deny. Yeah, we don't know. Um, I like, I like the lineup of people coming to, um... Like, Wish him well after his operation. Yeah, because yeah. that's including helper who just gives him like a like a melted zuper duper. Yeah, pretty much. Because he's just he just does what he can. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they go back to the Amazon and they're all tied up again. And he's like, "Good, 
I shall uh, keep going with my speech. Just back into his speech, yeah. And then Hank goes down with yep. unknown. I like that these twin boys, I mean, have different, I guess, penises for some reason. Well, duh. Like, why did one get circumcised? That I don't know. Yeah, I don't... Maybe, maybe their mother was Jewish. We don't know yet, so maybe... <laughs> I can't argue that. And I like that they pick on each other for it. Like, that's yeah. so dumb and petty and, un- like, you know, children brothers. Um. Haha. Uh-huh. Smurfs are naturally all males and do not reproduce, which explains why they come to the world by a stool. Okay, so All Smurf- naturally born Smurfs are bald. So Smurf had like a trap or a... Apparently. Cool, she's a RuPaul Smurf. I shall continue to find out about Smurfs. Alright, stay tuned for our Smurf penis episode. <laughs> um, so past tense. Haha! Smurfette was made by Gargamel. Ah, a Jew. Thus, she is not an actual Smurf. Mm. She's a half-breed or something. She's an invention. Yeah, look forward to the dark, gritty reboot that will inevitably happen with the Smurfs. So there you go. Okay. Smurfs don't reproduce. So, past te- tense um, is an episode that takes place at Michael Soriyama's funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, all the main adults get kidnapped, and the boys need the help of the old team venture. This time including Otto Aquarius, uh, who's a Mormon fishman. Mm-hmm. This um, Michael Soriyama had an uh, obsession with a girl named Leslie when when he was in high school. And his dumb buddies humiliated him and he lost his chance with her. Mm-hmm. So it's his final wish to orchestrate revenge. Uh, this episode is based a bit on Fargo regarding a dude obsessed and overly planning something like a high school sweetheart sort of thing going out of control. Mm-hmm. But it's also a bit about how everyone in Marvel Comics knows each other. Yes. Like, all of Spider-Man's villains are his teachers. Yep. Uh, you've also got the Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom being buddies in high school. Mm-hmm. Which, um, Baron Underbite sort of is that stand-in. Yes. So it stands to reason that he'd be there with everyone else. Um, so it gives us all these flashbacks about Doc, Brock, White, Underbite. They're all college buddies with this one guy mm-hmm. um monarch is referenced in there as well yeah so speaking of monarch i'll tangent here oh hang on no i'm going too far wait wait for me there what do you think of that episode um i feel it's, it's one of those ones that references stuff where sort of out of the loop with regarding fargo and heavy metal obviously plays a big part in like the designs yeah um it's kind of your introduction to, like, we've seen his dad and his dad's group previously. Classic but this adventure, is the yeah. really, like, where they are now and how they deal with things. Yeah. Um, so you get, like, more of a overview of why things happen the way that they have and why everyone's, like, fallen into the characters that they have. Mm. So it's kind of an origin story without giving anyone an origin. It, it just, is. It's very flashbacky. Yeah. Yeah. It explains. A it lot. gives bits. Yeah. It's a. It's a good one. That's about it. Did you like the twist at the end? That he was dead. Yeah. Because oh. they make it. They play it like he faked his death, and then they're like, "Oh no, he's he's dead." Yeah. Just for a show that carries so many characters along, However, it doesn't so- care about keeping everyone alive you know yeah like we see some pretty key deaths after this one but this is a good like 
But this one throws, like, twists again and again. Mm. Because they're like, oh, clearly, you know, he's faked his death. And um, they're like, oh, no, he, he must be dead. And then the guy's like, no, he's still my college professor. And they're like, oh, well, then maybe he can't be dead. And then they get there and they're like, and then his corpse know, is like there. Maybe he's not dead. No, maybe he's a robot, so he must be in the. Yeah, I like poor Dean being like. Wait, what? Yeah, you got Dean who like stumbles in at the end, thinking it's another dumb fucking mystery. Yeah. And he's like, he's obviously hiding in the best, like he's hiding in plain sight. He's hiding in the coffin, and he like opens it up to find like a dead body, and he just like immediately like vomits, and it's just miserable. And they're like, well, yeah, I guess he's dead, huh? Yeah. And the doc is like, oh, it's about as dumb as anything else today. And then they just kind of, like, go home. Like, he just doesn't give a shit about adventures at all. I do like the fact that they leave, um... Underbite and White chained together in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> that brings us to the penultimate episode, which means the second last. Yes. Yes. But now, I knew that. All right, I'm just checking. Okay. This one's called The Trial of the Monarch. Yeah. Um... Sure, we've had hints at continuity and overarching plots for later throughout yeah. the season, but this episode really puts its foot down. Like, it sets a lot of shit in motion now. It does. Um, this episode is the court hearing trope that we see, we've seen a few drama, we've seen twice now, I think, in Married with Children. Yeah. We've seen it in, it, it like, every fucking everything. TV series. This is we've, we've got to the court episode. Yeah. Um... So, this one is about the monarch murdering or disintegrating a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, through the flashbacks, we see what transpired. You've got a book coming out called Flight of the Monarch. Yeah. Which is just about what a dud he is. Yeah. I do like that they're like, oh, he'll never know it's about him. You put his face on the front page. Yeah, he's on the cover. <laughs> like, it's clearly not trying to hide it. Yeah, and, like, there's this whole chunk about how he accidentally tranquilized himself in there. There's a big chunk about all of Dr. Girlfriend's previous men, yep. which was his, her original point, as we covered in the first half of this episode. Yep. Um, they have a big fight and end up breaking up about it. Yep. Um, she goes back to Phantom Limb, which is a ends up being a fucking game changer and, like, changes the course of the show forever as sure. things go on. Um, not to mention during Which the... Which is his first real introduction. Yeah, we've seen him... He's been a around. Little. Yeah. But he... this is where he, like... We get a... Sets up shop. Yeah. Um, and while all this is going on during the case, the guild is making its move on the tiny attorney, who apparently has broken guild laws and has been in hiding or something. I do, like, um... Brock says that the Guild is one of the few organizations that he, like, still believes in mm. because they're, like, if you go against their rules... You are brought fucking down hard. Yeah, but they do it, like, he makes a point of being, like, they do it cleanly. Mm. Like, there won't be any other, like... They don't fuck around either. Yeah, but, like, there's no misfire, there's no anything like mm. that. It's they know their mission, they're going to go in, they're going to fix it. And they're going to clean up after yeah. themselves. Yeah. He, you and got, he's you got like, them. that's a noble thing for them. You got like OSI them. and you got, like, Sphinx. And that's, like, it for him. Yeah. We've seen he doesn't really have time for theatrics and bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the guy they've put in charge of the operation against Tiny Attorney is the Phantom Limb. Yeah. 
So, we, but throughout it, you think that they're going after Monarch. Yeah, like it's not until the, the fact that they're going after the the dude from I don't even know the movie, the one where Arnold Schwarzenegger goes to Mars. No, you're not going to help me either. All right. Well, it's a reference to that. There's a dude living in a stomach. Okay. With a name. Fuck it. <laughs> it's too much. Just don't worry about it. Um. I've got nothing for you. I cannot help you. Yeah. So he's sort of like a red herring. Um, after a cute cameo of the Necronomicon from Evil Dead, yeah. all right, we see how powerful and intense the guild can get here, because during Dr. Orpheus's mind-reading portion, mm-hmm. we see the monarch has been framed as part of the operation to get the tiny attorney out. Yeah. Um, but the phantom limb keeps the frame running even, like, after the fact. Yeah. To get him thrown in jail and out of the way so he can get Dr. Girlfriend back. Yeah. Um, it's a good twist or build up or whatever you want to call it. Like, it's, it's just good storytelling. Yeah. They, they definitely did a good job. Again, for a shitty parody of classic adventures, like, that's not what it is. They put a lot of time, effort, and energy into it. But it's kind of like they start off with... Like, what's the dumbest adventure these guys could go on? Mm-hmm. And then polish it to the point beyond it being a bad episode? Yeah. It's like, how, how dumb can we make this? Right, now how do we make it good? Yeah, that's it. How can we fix what we just did? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really like this episode because you start to see the guild is not someone you can fuck around with. You see Phantom Limb's intentions. You see Dr. Girlfriend holding her own as a character and not just as a fucking sidekick. Yeah. You see Monarch sort of being kicked around by powers greater than him. You see Hank and Dean lay face down in a, in a public bathroom. That's something. But you see, like, Brock's... Brock know? knows not to fuck with the guild. And for him to say that about anything obviously means... That they've got teeth. And you also see that, like, they're very, um, you know, they think of all of the different possibilities and everything because they're like, oh, well, a memory wipe isn't going to work on a necromancer. Like, so like what are hip- we going to do instead? Oh, well, we can hypnotize him and that should be enough to leave. Hypnotic suggestion while he's still frozen because they're, like, Mr. Freezing everyone while they carry away Tiny Attorney and shit. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, they clearly are able to cover all of their bases to make sure that what they're doing, and that's kind of where you go, yeah, well, maybe Brock has a point that these guys are, you know, a lot more than what we think they are. Yeah. Because, I mean, the name gets thrown around a couple of times um, in the um, garage sale and stuff like that. It's almost like a... But it's kind of... It was was a catch-all to... To make rules and guidelines, and then you see that they enforce that shit. It's thrown around the same way that, like, the villains are. And when you look at Monarch and that, you're like, oh, well, it can't be, like, anything amazing because nothing else is all of that amazing. Yeah. But then you see, oh, no, actually, maybe the governing body is... There's a reason they're in charge. Yeah. Yeah, I like the guild and, like, all the stuff that comes through it, like... You know, like, the Gargantua 2, like, movie episode and stuff. Like, mm. there's a lot of wild things that come out of it. It's good. Yeah. Um, alright. So, originally written to be the 
Like, that was originally the season finale, like the big cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. But due to some shuffling around some bits and pieces. The final episode is Return to Spider Skull Island. Which was mostly called that because they wrote it as a dumb name and then they just kind of like sat it aside for later. Um, this one is, it has one of the first like big payoffs of the show. Do you think? Yeah, I suppose. Because like we see a lot of payoffs later and even though we see the guild in the previous episode, we haven't got the big payoff of that shit yet. We're just seeing them dip their toe. Yeah, definitely. Um, Look, we've seen Doc have constant nightmares about eating an embryo back, like, when he was one. Yep. Which is, I, I think you know the name of that, but I don't. Uh, disappearing sibling something? I don't know. I know you've got a relative that did that. We don't talk about that anymore. Alright. Um, yeah, so he's having nightmares about that. We see him taking quote-unquote diet pills to deal with him having visions of his father. All these things end up having a payoff. Yeah, disappearing twin, sy- disappearing twin syndrome. Yeah. And I like that twins are obviously a thing that runs in the family. Yeah. Um, so, after a mystery that we don't see at Rocky Horror Picture Show movie night, because they're all in costume, mm-hmm. um, Doc is having a problem with a hernia. Uh, the dumb, the dumb little boys that we've come to love, Dean and Hank, think he's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so while Doctor Orpheus is babysitting them, they run away. Yeah. What is it? They go to the big city to become famous Blind lion tamers. <laughs> they're obviously not the most mature people. So while they're away, having their goofy adventure on the road on their little hover bikes, we see the growth removed from Doc Venture and escape. Um, and it, at first it's kind of like a fun little, like a small monster kind of horror movie. Yeah. Not quite like a gremlin, but similar sort of things. Kind of. Um, until it's revealed that his twin has been surviving inside the dock all this time. Which is... You often, like, I've read stories about, like, people thinking there's a tumor, but it's like a unborn twin. They're never, they're not often alive. No, it's usually thing. a benign, you know. Yeah. Or like a teratoma kind of thing. Yeah. But this one is alive. Um, he's got a small body, missing an arm. He's got an adult head, though. Um, but you see that he's intelligent, too. Like, he's built himself like a mech. Yeah. Out of pieces of Gardo. Oh, Again, a payoff from an earlier episode. And, and some oven. of the oven, yeah. Um, Which is very upsetting for Brock. Yeah. Because he was just trying to heat up some nice soup. Yeah, trying to make soup. I know all about missing st- ovens, alright? Don't even start with me. Oh, you mean that time you lost our oven for 15 minutes? I found it. Mm-hmm. It was... Where we left it. Yeah. It was not as under the stovetop as I thought No ovens go. No. Alright. It's okay, because remember that time you didn't know how to turn on the stove either? It's got like a little touchpad on it. But yeah. it, there's like a lock to keep the cats from turning it on. Mm-hmm. And me, apparently. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Um, alright, so this, this escaped twin is like a very, obviously very short representation of like everything Rusty isn't. Yeah. Like he's, he has he's, hair. Yeah, he's got hair. He's confident. He's actually good at inventing. He's attractive because he's got that nice, you know, chiseled jaw. Yeah, he's very charming. He looks like his dad a little bit. Yeah. Rust at the end, Rusty like takes pity on him. They let him be named 
Jonas Venture Junior. Mm-hmm. They give him like like a, a chunk of the company to work with. They let him go. But the crappy parts of it. He gets the boat. Yeah, he gets the boat and he gets the um the facilities in New York City. Mm-hmm. Which we see again get paid way the fuck off because they give him Spider Skull Island, which he turns into like a museum, a very successful museum. Yeah. Which the boat ferries there. And what he does in New York City is, you know, like why the family's rich in the last season or two. Maybe yeah. season and a half. Yeah, he turns the entire family around. Yeah, he's actually good. He's, he's and I, what and I think is that supposed eats a, to be the child. Yeah, and that eats away at Doc a lot. Yeah. Um, so, while all that adventure's taking place, you've got the boys who have been picked up by police. Because they were driving too slow. Well, he just pulls over these people hovering along on bicycles because they're just normal police. And they're like, what is this? And they're like, we were raised by a bed. I mean, the police <laughs> officer is not wrong. Yeah. They like, do seem like a crazy bunch of crazy... Yeah, he thinks they're fucking lunatics because they sound like it. You know, again, it's them talking to normal people and it's just not working because they're Venture Brothers. Yeah. So they're taken to one of those, like, scared straight kind of scenarios mm-hmm. at the prison, which you mentioned earlier, which has the monarch in it. Yeah. Who was arrested in the previous episode. And clearly they've got, like, some system going on where... Um, you're supposed to, like, they put at-risk teens into the prison and then get to the scare prisoners to scare the crap out of them. Yeah. But because but it's 50% like thuggy standard prison antics and then 50% bullshit supervillainy. Mm-hmm. Like you've got the dude who's, um, you got the big gorilla man, you got that dude who get burnt in a... In like a nuclear explosion or something. Yeah, I Mecha remember. Mouth was there. <laughs> he was good. He's just a mummy with a big chompy teeth. Yep. Yeah, they got a bunch of them there. Um, Monarch pulls the boys aside and he's like, why are you even here? Like, I put a hit out on you guys when you got me arrested and stuff. Yeah. But he, he's more like, what are you doing here? Go yeah, home. You shouldn't be here. Like, you're good boys. And they're like, we're running away. It's like, yeah, you've had your dumb adventure. Go back to your dumb house and stop being dumb. Yeah. You know? Because um, he cares about them. He's like, you guys can't live out Yeah, and he's like, Dr. Girlfriend left me, man. <laughs> like, I like that it's just a blend of super adventure bullshit and normal sitcom stuff. I like the way they, you know, perverse expectations and fuck with the ordinary. You know, it's, they do a good job of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really fucking liked going back and rewatching this and hearing Monarch talking about delivering the charred remains of Wonderboy to Captain Sunshine. That that blew my hair back. That call doesn't get paid off until episode two of season fucking four, Kaya. Nice. Uh, you remember Captain Sunshine? Voiced by Kevin Conroy. Really leaning into the why does Batman have so many yeah, boys around yeah. trope. It's... No. No. I'm not even hurt by it because they everyone's do. taking lumps in the Venture Bros. Like, at least I'm not a fucking Marvel fan. Yeah, that's I'd be very offended. They they don't discriminate with their hatred. No. Um. Yeah, I love the depth of everything. They there's no way they knew what Wonder Boy and Captain Sunshine were gonna be. Mm. You know. Yeah. So everyone goes and picks up the boys. You know, like Doctor Orpheus has been hot on their tail, and he ends up 
putting the souls of rednecks into like toys and shit because they're calling him you know the hard f word yeah as opposed to fuck but he's been like two two booths away from the, the entire time yeah, at the diner when they're having pancakes at lunchtime because they're rebels. <laughs> they're such fucking losers. I mean, they're so charming. I can go, I would have pancakes for lunch. I know you would. You would. I think you relate to the boys more than you should. Yeah. Which is a concern. Yeah. Yeah, but they go and the the they get picked up by their dad and Orpheus and everything, and he's trying to Orpheus is trying to push a little bit of independence on them, so he's letting them ride their hover bikes home. But just ahead of them. Yeah, which is fair. Um, unfortunately, henchmen 21 and 24 happen to drive past. That, and they've been told there's a hit out on the mm-hmm. boys. Now, Doc Hammer and Jackson Public weren't sure if they would get another season. Mm-hmm. So behind the scenes, like, they knew the boys were going to be, spoiler alert, just clones. I don't think it was ever hinted at directly, but there's hints that Doc had fucked with them genetically. Um... Kind of. You only really, like, the one that I really remember is when there's the testicular torsion. Yeah, when he's like, and we could have fixed this in the prototype stage. Yeah, and stuff. prototype yeah. stage and stuff like that. There's, like, little little, little tiny dabs of yeah. hint there. But, but they they're never always say- very covered up because, like, even in, like, the next thing of that line is, um, what's his name says something along the lines of, you know, procreation is a science that no scientist is ready to you know yeah raising a child is something no scientist is prepared for yeah um yeah so they knew the boys were going to be clones yeah adult swim didn't know that in fact they weren't even sure they would get another season after this they took a gamble and killed off their main characters yeah unlike unlike clone fucking high or alf they actually, you know, they won. Yeah. They got another season they got to play on. Good one. Still breaks my heart that other shows didn't sometimes. I'm fine with Alf going the way I did because that makes me very happy. He gets, you know, caught by the CIA and they're going to do an autopsy on him and that's the season cliffhanger. It but was, then they don't get another terrifying. season. That so terrifying. in canon, he got dissected and is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Aww. Yeah. So... Our two favourite henchmen end up doing a drive-by on our two favourite boys. And that's how the season ends. Sort of. Yeah. I say sort of because we've also got like a ten minute Christmas special. That is true. Here's a problem. I'm not even going to say a problem, but here's a definite thing that goes on throughout the Venture Bros. And it's they don't end their seasons very well. In a way no, that's sort of... No. It almost guarantees that they have to get another episode... Yeah. ...to finish it. Yeah. So, they were given by Adult Swim, like, a ten-minute block to do a very venture Christmas. Mm-hmm. Which, it was just part of their Christmas special night yeah, at Adult Swim. Like, they the did time. this, they did a Space Ghost, they did whatever. Look, they do... But it's Every not, year you can count on them doing a April Fool's special... Mm-hmm. And a Christmas special. Yeah. Shout outs to Zach Hadel and his pilot this year on Adult Swim. Smiling friends. I thought I thought it was delightful. Mm-hmm. So delightful you forgot the title. No, I, I, I don't know. I was leading into it, I guess. Okay. Um, you say so. Look, the thing about this episode is it's like 
the only time it's broken from continuity because the boys are still in it. We haven't yeah. seen them return yet. It's just it's just a Christmas special. Yep. It doesn't fucking matter. No. This is the only happens. time that happens. Yeah. Their Halloween episode later on is one of the most cr- crucial plot developments ever. Yeah, it's a problem. The fucking their hour long special. He's dressed like fucking Carl from South Park. Um. No, he's um from Snoopy. Their hour long thing. Their what's it called? The all this and Gargantua two. Yeah. Is like pivotal. so yeah, it's pivotal as fuck. It's full of everything. It ties so much things together. Yeah, it's a it's not attached to any season. Nope. It's in a it's in a gap between the two. Yeah, you have to you have to go looking for it. And this is a thing that goes on throughout the show. After season one, the after credit sequences become crucial plot developments instead of just gags. Like, when I realised, I had to go back and check a few episodes that I didn't watch because I didn't think about it. But they talk about, like, the end of of season one, Mm -hmm. before credits is the boys die and they're, like, looking over their corpses. Yeah. The after credit sequence is... It's just a line. No, is the line of... Grab their clothes. Go go grab their clothes. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's when we get a thing of, well, why does he need those? Like, yeah, that's a weird hell? thing to specifically ask for, is to make them nude. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, like, we've already spoiled that they're clones. Yeah. What happens to the other bodies? Do you reckon there's, like, multiple cases of two unknown twin children just dead on sides of roads? No, because they We see a lot of them genetics. Do- I guess. He puts them in the dome. Yeah, but how registered are they... As far as, like, the government's concerned. Well, the government, you know, allowed cloning. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Are they secret children? Maybe. Maybe. Because I know a lot of them die on the compound. Like, we see later on, like, a bunch of different examples. Mm -hmm. Like, we see Hank trying to be Batman and jumping off the house and stuff. But this one would have been, like, a recorded case. Because they're, like, dead burnt to the side of a road. Mm. I know. I just was curious. Um... Yep, so after credit sequences become super important, random holiday specials become super important. Most season finales are the beginning of the next season due to timing constraints. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, the, the I'm fine with it now, but eventually the show has to end, and we're probably not going to get an ending because of the way they run it. <laughs> it is really quite annoying. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, nothing's wrapped up, but at the same time it's wrapped up, but you just... No. I found, especially in season, at the start of Season 7, having the big cliffhanger at the start, like the big crescendo, mm. is almost a good way to have momentum going to just blast through another season with, like, a lot of excitement. Yeah. Because the way Season 7 started, I was and like, I was so on board and I was so happy to keep going. But, and that's the thing. But it kind of you, works as a bitching intro now. But you also don't have that, like... I can't tell you how many shows I've stopped watching because I'm like... The cliffhanger just leaves me to... Like, I'm like, no. No, I can't watch anymore. You, that's it. I guess it was good that we came after the show was pre-existing. Like, we never had to really wait for a season up till now. Yeah. The whole holiday thing, though, can be slightly annoying. Because, really, it's like, only that one Halloween one that's... Intensely crucial. 
But that's the thing. But if I have to go back and find it after the fact. And that's the thing. If you don't know about it... This is a warning. Yeah. And if you're in, like, another country or something, it can be difficult to find. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. We should also probably speak about the art book. Because I know that that, like, encaptured you for a good couple of months. It's big. That's why. It goes through all of the first six seasons and then shows what they have going for season seven before it came out mm. but it's one of the better coffee table books i've seen like it's literally like a commentary track by Publix and hammer yeah you get to see all the original designs their their pitch book is in it and it helps you get a bit more of an understanding honestly because at first i'm like this isn't really about the venture bros and they sort of you, once you get to know like the people through their interviews, you sort of get it yeah. a bit more. Well, I, I understood what they were going for a bit more. And it's, it's definitely fill up some time reading it. It's good. It's one of the better ones. That's good. I haven't read it, so I can't really say much. I know. But it, it, it's one of those big, hefty books, but it's very in-depth because it's by the dudes. Yeah. You know, it's not like the, the Joker coffee table book we have that just has like a paragraph of each era and doesn't really have as much substance Mm. but you see the time and energy you see it start as a goofy show and become like a real like piece of there's a lot of heart and soul that ends up in it yeah we see them continue to make sluttier and sluttier costumes for dr girlfriend just a test to the cosplayers they meet (laughs) test their metal I think they've seen one Doctor Ethereal at this point. Or at the point of writing it. Lady Ethereal. Hmm. Which is, it's, 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 a, it's an outfit. Hmm. It's just wide bands covering what The importance, yeah. The essentials. Um, do you have any final thoughts about the show? Like, as a whole, do you have any favourite non-season one episodes you just want to say kick-ass before we move on? No, no, I'm not giving you any hints. Not giving nothing? Nope. I love... You you go full down a rabbit hole. There's an episode I love called Party A Party for Tarzan. It's not like you don't have time but on your hands. There's there's so much that gets incumulated in that episode that you sort of have to get to it naturally to really enjoy it. Yep. See, so you need to you need to just set aside couple of days yeah take the time on this one it doesn't suck and it doesn't disappoint after a while either like it's yeah there's it's got good flow yeah it's good it's good all right you want to get into some homework um we we can try we can try it's very secret homework Mm -hmm. let me think our homework was gonna be um like our favorite secret organizations yes but it's tricky, because my obvi- my normal go-to answer is the Guild of Calamitous Intent. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to find other ones, like, to talk about as we, you know, like, other examples. Because I can't just say the thing we've been talking about. Yep. Do you have any ones you could think of? So, it's, it's surprisingly hard to Google secret organizations in pop culture. Yeah, I've got a little conspiracy theory that there's a lot of, um bullshit Illuminati videos on the internet to hide anything real, any real problems that the universe is having. Mm. Um, I would 
would like to give misinformation by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would like to give a shout out. I just scrolled to the top of my list. Um, the Circle of the Black Thorn. Mm-hmm. Who's from that? The Angel series. Right. They're the guys that are doing all the shady business. Um, you've also got Dollhouse mm-hmm. from Dollhouse. Yeah, from Dollhouse. Yeah. Which is another Josh Whedon thing I know, but look, he does his secret society as well. You've also got like Voltec is another good one. Neither of us really delved in enough to talk about it. No, that's true. Um, you have, you know, the Order of the Phoenix, the Death Eaters, and Dumbledore's Army. Mm-hmm. Are a big one for Harry Potter fans out there. As we all know, one of my favourites is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Just think they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really know if they fit, but that's pro- probably one of my favourites. I had sort of two. I feel like video games do secret organisations good. Mm-hmm. Because they give you, like, a good enemy to play with. Um, I like Altor from the Saints Row and the Red Faction series. Because mm-hmm. in Saints Row 1, they're a clothing company. Yeah. By Saints Row 2, they're like a big corporation. And they end up trying to take over and change some things. They do a little bit... They start going a little Illuminati with it. Mm-hmm. You see that they've like pulled down anything important to the Saints Row characters. As it goes like... And they continue, and then you get to Red Faction, which is like a future dystopia thing, where they've gone from the clothing company in the present day, Saints Row 1, to pollinating Mars. Mm, that's a big jump. <laughs> yeah, you see a big that's, travel there. Yeah. Um, another sinister, shady video game corporation I really like is Aperture Science from oh, the yeah. Portal series. Aperture is pretty good. Yeah, you got a lot of Cave Johnson doing horrible things to homeless people. Yeah. You know. He was sort of based on a Walt Disney too, but I don't see it that way necessarily. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Aperture, I think. Okay. As far as shitty corporations that I gotta deal with in a video game go, that's up there. Mm. I forget who I was dealing with in Watch Dogs 2, if anyone, but I remember enjoying that. Yeah, but I think you just liked the game. It was good. It had no business being that good. Hmm. Especially after the first one. This is true. Alright, so do you have a favourite or are you just happy listing them? Um, what, what's your what's your boy? Well, I'm listing the good boys. Yeah. I'm surprised that you didn't do Court of Owls. Court of Owls is good, but... I don't know, like, so much crap happens after the good story that kind of, like, ends up sogging it. Yeah. You can't, ki- you can't, can't keep feel- using them all the time. Can I have Two-Face for, like, five fucking minutes? Um... Another one that we've both spoken about, but I can't really remember them being, like, a thing, Mm. is Society of the Blind Eye from Gravity Falls. They were good, and they were fun, but they end up getting, like, totally pushed aside to make room for Bill Cipher as the show goes on, and that's... And so I kind of don't, like... They get shut down before we get to really embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. That's my feelings. I agree with those feelings. So... Don't be afraid to catch feelings. People, people seem to be catching a lot of feelings. It's gross. Gross. Okay. Alright, so we've done two parts here of Venture Bros. Season 1. Yep. We recommend it wholeheartedly. Yep. Take the time. Hopefully Season 8 comes out here soon. Even if it comes out in the States, we're not going to get it for a good while. Yep. We're only 
Welcome two to... or three box sets behind on American Dad. I don't even want to ask how many we're behind on Always Sunny. There's probably Almost more behind. ten. There's probably more behind than we're We're up to season got. six of that, everybody. Yeah. It's not great here. Yeah. Our Mountain Dew is bad. It is. That's true. It is. And on that note, I've been Toby Paul. I've been joined by my producer. Beep, the... beep, 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 beep. Beep, beep, beep. You've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, I'm noticing. This is not a bad impression. And on that note, everybody, uh, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, send us in, email us at theschoolforwaywardnerds at gmail.com to recommend topics that we haven't explored yet. We're sorry for the dude who wanted Doctor Who and got what he got. Hopefully you pick something I can really get my head around and grasp within a small time frame. <laughs> Only one or two Guitar Hero games at a time, please. Yeah. All right. Uh, class dismissed. Go team venture. Go team venture.